Well, guys, this is the fifth pad podcast. Um, this is going to be the design thinking and communication one. Now, I'll start it off with an absolute banger of a tune. This will get you all educated. Off you go. Right, that was DJ Sanders bringing you that. Um, we are going to go over in this chapter four podcast on exam technique, the how we actually communicate design ideas, and then how we get information for our design ideas. Now, as with all the other podcasts, exam technique, this is going to be ingrained into your brain. Exam is 50% of the final mark, so it is imperative that you listen to this podcast. The first one, first big tip is always read the question carefully. You always have to read it. Okay, don't write an essay if it is asking you just a little simple one mark answer. 
Okay. Second one, use the number of marks as a guide. So on the, on the right-hand side of the question, it will have three marks in brackets or two marks in brackets. Now this is a guide to how many points you need to write. If it's got three on there, you write three points. If it's got one point, one mark on there, it's just one point, just a single sentence. The third point is always write answers clearly. The examiner is not going to read something that is badly written. A few simple spelling mistakes will be passed by, okay? But if it just doesn't make sense, the examiner is not gonna take time because he's got thousands of exam papers to read. He's not gonna take time reading it if it doesn't make sense, he'll just mark it wrong. All right, so just bear that in mind. Fourth one, always use the correct terminology. So if it's a wood, a metal, don't just write wood or metal. Write the specific one for it. Okay, so wood, the MDFs, the pines, okay, the metals, the plastics. Be specific in which type of metal and plastic they are. The fifth one, always make those little sketches, okay, because there will be a design question in there. Always make those sketches clear, okay? They are sketches, so they can be done without a ruler. But if it's a if it says an isometric sketch, then you need to be drawing that with a ruler. Make sure sketches are annotated. Okay, so they've got some sort of descriptions on there. So the sizes, the materials that are being used, the functions, the processes, maybe the components. You need to make sure you're not panicking about it. So you just read a question. If you don't get it, move on. Okay, you don't need to spend five minutes looking at the question, just dilly-dallying over it. All right, you can just go on straight on to the next one, then come back to it, because there will be enough time. Within the questions, there are command words. Okay, so we've got, as you know from the other ones, seven different command words that we've highlighted. State. Okay, this is where you should give one short answer or a list. You do not need to explain why when it says state. Define. This is where you need to give a clear and precise meaning of the word or the phrase that is being given to you. Outline. This is a brief summary of a process or a technique. All right, so... It might say outline um, the vacuum forming process. So it doesn't mean go through every single stage precisely. It's just going to say three of the main stages from start to finish. Explain. So you should give reasons to show why a process or a theory is right, is wrong. Describe. This is where you need to give a detailed description which shows that you understand what's going on. Discuss. This is where you need to make a balanced argument covering a range of opinions, all right? So you discuss, give the fours, give the againsts, the twos and the four and the againsts, whatever it is. And then you come up with a conclusion at the end of it. You assess and you evaluate. So this is where you use evidence and your own knowledge.
to come to a, a conclusion. So this is you stating the kind of the end result for what you've just gone through. This is usually based on a high mark question. So one of those seven, eight and above mark questions. Next part is how to plan out and to answer an extended response question. So those big eight mark questions, six, seven mark questions and above. Your answer has got to be well written. So like I said before, the examiner is not going to read an, a, an answer that has been poorly written, that is full of spelling mistakes, grammatical mistakes. Okay, so a few spelling mistakes is okay, but when it's across the whole board and there's not a good reason for it, then it will not be read. Before you start a big question like this, it's a good idea just in the corner to just put down a little mind map and just sketch out, sorry, just write out the different areas you need to be covering for this. It just makes you avoid repeating certain parts and make sure you get everything in there that you need to. Make sure you have advantages and disadvantages. You give a little conclusion at the end of each point. You then need to make sure you have your own conclusion at the end. This rounds off the answer very well. Within this, you need to make sure using the correct terminology, you have and show a good understanding of the question. You need to make sure you are absolutely spot on with what you're answering and you're not just waffling, okay? will not look good it will not read well if you are just waffling on all the way through and you've just got the same point all the way through okay now the first for chapter four the podcast design thinking and communication we're going to look into um the ways that we communicate ideas now this is going to be very hard at the moment because this is a podcast, you can't see what we're doing. So I'm going to try and explain the ways that we communicate it, but it might be worth you actually doing this on paper and seeing what the different types of sketches look like. Um, this is one of the most important parts of the design process. It's imperative for when you come to pitch ideas to clients and discuss in groups. This, this, this determines the successes and the failures of a design. Okay, if you've got them down, you've got the sketches down, you can see what you've got. You can see your ideas. It's also good when you're considering the problems. So how to overcome a problem in that development stage. You need to ensure that you're using the various methods and traditional and technical, technically advanced methods. Okay, so we're looking at the traditional sketch methods and the technically advanced CAD methods. Now, the first part for the communicating the designs. The basis of this, it enables good communication between the designer and between the stakeholder and the primary user. It is often done by sketching freehand, modeling occasionally, and sometimes using CAD. Okay, CAD usually comes in at that later stage during the final idea development stage. But the initial ideas 
can sometimes be done using CAD. We have 2D and 3D sketching that can be used in that first process. Now, as mentioned before, it is an easy way of communicating ideas quickly. A sketch that's in your head, an idea that's in your head can be sketched out within seconds to show a, a client rather than you having to explain it. So effective use of sketching, this will be used right at the start to gather the ideas and kind of facilitate the understanding. So to make sure people understand what's going on, to make sure you understand what's going on. It is used to produce initial ideas. So although these might still be rough, they might have lines going across the sketch that, that aren't supposed to be there. But as long as they've got little bits of annotation on explaining it, this can be accepted. Okay, they're initial ideas. They're just initial sketches. The sketches are used to sell the product later on. So this is where you get the more graphically advanced or CAD-based sketches. So the render, rendering techniques are used. Now, when they're used to sell the product, this means it's got to be a presentation drawing. So it is used usually on CAD and rendered on CAD. Within the 3D sketching, this is where we start to use perspective drawings. So one point perspective and two point perspective. Um, 3D sketching allows a designer to create believable sketches, okay? And the correct perspectives show proportion to an idea. One point perspective, that's where the design kind of vanishes into one point. So we've done examples of this. This is known as the vanishing point, that point where it goes into. The two points, this is where they have two vanishing points rather than one. So it starts to slope off at either end of the, of the design. Other different methods, we've got isometric drawing. Now this is a 3D technique where parallel lines are at a 30 degree angle and are applied at either side of the object. Now this is where you use isometric grids for precise and quick drawings. We, we can't give you isometric grids within the exam, but if you get used to using those isometric grids and you've got the right stationary to use that, then that is allowed. Um, as I said before, it's very it's going to be very hard for you to picture this without you actually having a go at it. So these are just the titles that you need to be looking over. So oblique drawings as well. That's another area that needs to be looked at. For all your sketches, you need to be adding annotation to them. So annotation basically boils down to you adding details to 3D sketches for later product development. Okay, so you're discussing what's going on in that drawing. This provides information for the stakeholder and for the primary user. Different types of annotation that needs to be included on a design includes function, materials, sizes, and maybe different manufacturing processes that can be used. The iterative design process is a fantastic way of seeing this in action. Now, you can see this from your coursework at the moment. You can see how the iterative design process has been used 
and how you can use the iterative design process to your advantage when doing this. By constantly annotating things and talking your way through it, you can keep a constant record of what's going on and you can constantly develop the idea by seeing what has gone wrong, what doesn't work within an idea, because you've got it noted down on paper. Another area is a working drawing. A working drawing comes in two different 2D orthographic projections. This is first angle and third angle. Now these contain all the different sizing information and the components used within that. A 2D orthographic projection, both the first and the third angles, will both contain a plan view, a side view, and a front view. Now, it's just the difference between a first and third angle is where these are laid out. Now, you'll have to research that for you to see where the first and third angle, where they're laid out on those different ones. Because it's easier for you to actually see the picture than me to explain it. It's just one is used as a, an American and a British standard. One is used as an Asian standard. Now, because a lot of industry is based over in, in Asia, a lot of construction of the manufacturer goes on in Asian countries. So it's, you'll get some companies that use first angle as a standard, some companies that use third angle as a standard. Another way of communicating ideas is through modeling. This is where you have basic 3D models that can be used. Now this is 3D models made from styrofoam. This is 3D models made from card. Okay, so you've experienced how to make models and the benefit is for you when making the models. When we use exploded drawings on sketches, this will focus on a particular area and show how parts may be formed. We can do this by explaining and showing how a wood joint will be used within a, pro within a, a product, how a component will join two pieces together. It's usually used to actually describe a function, so when a component is being used. A less common way of modelling is mathematical modelling. Now this is a representation of a real situation, such as a real product, but using mathematical concepts and languages. So it's, it's not used that commonly um, within industry today now, okay? But this is usually done within CAD. To communicate designs, we also have to use flowcharts. Now flowcharts are used as a document that will help to conduct simple processes. So it will tell us how to get from the start to the end of a process. There's four different boxes that are used within a flowchart. We have a terminal, which is used at the start and the end of a flowchart. This is usually a diamond shape. We have a process, so this is you explaining what is going on within that activity. That is a rectangle. Then we have an input and an output box. So this is telling us the result or something happening at the end of it. This is a rounded rectangular box. 
Then we have a decision box. This is a, a diamond. Now these are usually used when planning out a manufacturing process. Right, give you a little break now. So another song, and this is another classic. From myself, DJ Sanders. Right, so next one is, well the last one, is the sources of information that we can, well where we can get our information from when looking at a problem. So getting the problem solved. Now this is an area that you should all be experts in because this is the main area of your coursework. So the course part that you've done, you know, 12 pages on in your coursework. So you'll before we create a design, we must use a wide range of sources to gather that information. We can't just get all the information from one source. Okay, it will be seen as being fixated on maybe even a design idea or a source. We can interview people through focus groups. So this is a primary research, primary research method. So difference between primary and secondary research is primary research is where you get the information firsthand, where you actually go and find the information. You go and talk to people. Secondary information is you take the information from something. Okay, so the information has already been produced. You just reference it 
So that would be looking on the internet, looking at paper, looking in books. So first one, interviewing through focus groups. Now, this is where you organise several people within a group for feedback. So you get first-hand responses from the product or for the product from just asking questions. Um, you can do product analysis. This is a this is more of a, a primary research if the product is in front of you and you disassemble it. Okay, so you're looking at a product to look at into sim similar products, how you can be influenced by them, or how you could even improve what's out there already. You have natural influences, so you can just go outside, look at nature. Okay, this is called biomimicry. This is looking at the way nature forms, the colour of nature, and seeing if you could use that within your designs. You look quite heavily into the size of the area that the product needs to be functioning in. So if it's a if you're designing a wardrobe, does the wardrobe need to be 10 feet long if it's going to fit into a six foot gap? Okay, you've already gone against your design criteria. So you need to be careful about that size. Internet research is the biggest part of the secondary research. Now this is you having to reference things from the internet, but finding important sources of information that you've all, that's already out there. And then doing all this helps you avoid the elements of design fixation. So getting stuck and getting fixated on just one simple idea. Now this is very important as a designer because you need to be exploring all different types, all different routes down within this area. The final part of this is looking into user-centered design. Now, this is based on the understanding of users. So what the user is actually going to do with this and how they're going to do it. The environment that this product is going to be used in. Now, this is where you get information directly from the person that it's going to be designed for, not stakeholders, just from the user. This is, the actual design of it is determined by user evaluation. This can be done again in focus groups. The user, the primary user testing it constantly. You've got interviews with the primary user constantly going on. Questionnaires constantly going back and forth between them. Um, we have to think about something called systems thinking when looking into um, the sources of information that we can get when designing. So this is when it's the understanding of a product or component as part of a larger system of other products in a system. In the iterative design process, consideration of the role of all components and subsystems of the product or system including the user experience and the marketing of the object being designed, ensures all aspects of the product are given the required attention in detail. Now, we also look at collaborative design. So this is where we look at working with others, so working with other designers for mutual benefit. Now this is quite good because we can then get design, get ideas off other people. It's seen as a team sport, okay, seen as a team, this is a role as a teamwork. And stakeholders value this because they can get other ideas from the other designers.
Now, within that systems thinking, thinking about things within the product, the Apple iPod is a good example of this because not only does it look good, it has the has the process of actually purchasing things. So when you actually had an iPod, so this is your phone, for instance, you can purchase things on there. You can download a song and then it's in your phone. It's an easy process. And that is what the system's thinking is about. It's making it easy for the user. Now, all these areas need to be considered when getting that information, when communicating the design. So hopefully that wasn't too complex because of the explaining of the communicating of the designs. It's well worth you actually having a go at looking at those design techniques. So the 2D and 3D sketching techniques, just before you go into the exam, just get, so you're, you're knowledgeable in how they work. Okay, but any questions, do come and see me because I can run you through actually how to draw those. Okay. Right, I'll leave you with the final song. Okay, this is one of my favourites. It's one of my wedding songs, this was. Okay. Educate yourselves in the glory that is Oasis. She's in a family full of eccentrics She's done things I've never expected
but shizzle dizzle 